What comes to mind when you think about modes of communication? Many of us immediately think of speaking, listening, reading, or writing. But how about chopping wood? My name is Dimitri Detweiler, and this is Multipodality. Today, we'll be chopping our way to the core of these questions as we explore an activity with deep British Columbia roots, logger sports. Reach. On a sunny day in late March, the multipodality team headed out to the UBC farm. There, in a remote clearing, I met the organizer, Ben. He gave me a brief safety orientation and introduced me to a few of the other members. I signed a waiver form, and then it was time for me to pick up a hatchet myself. Throwing it at a target about 10 feet away was safer and surprisingly slower than I expected. Smoother, almost like meditation. Not long after, I sat down with Marie-Yves Leclerc and Remy Altasser, the president and safety captain of UBC Logger Sports, for an in-depth look at their practice, its origins and background, who does it today, the skills and modalities it involves, and finally, how it is taught, learned, and passed on to others. I sat down with Marie-Yves and Remy, the president and safety captain of UBC Logger Sports, to find out the history of this sport and how they established their roots in it. Thanks a lot for coming today, uh, sitting down for this interview. And uh, my first question is kind of about the background of logger sports. So what are they? Where did they come from? Maybe what kind of cultural traditions they're a part of? Right. So I'll, I'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> we can all. Um, so logger sports stems from BC's very strong forestry industry um, back in the day. Lumberjacks used to go to the bush and they would spend all of winter up there, away from their families, living in camp. So obviously they got bored and they set up a bunch of competitions amongst themselves in their spare time, which involves throwing axes at trees or who had the best sawing technique and could saw the fastest. And from there, we the, the sport has developed into an international arena of competitions. So you can go to Australia, which has a very developed circuit. Probably the best choppers come from Australia, hmm. which is ironic because they don't have many forests. <laughs> <laughs> a little cause and effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it developed as a heritage sport. And now, obviously, people don't chop down trees with axes or handsaws. It's all done mechanically. But it's nice to keep a certain part of our heritage through this competition sport. So who can, who, who does logger sports today? And like, what are the physical requirements for that? So, I don't know, anybody can do logger sports, but obviously if you have more exposure to the forestry industry, you're most likely gonna get involved into it. Uh, like myself, I took a forestry class and then that's how I really learned about logger sports. Whereas mm -hmm. if I was just taking all English or all sciences, I probably would have never heard about it. And as for who can do it, anyone. Um, to add on to that, on the professional circuit, most people in the sport have learned it from their parents who used mm -hmm. to do it when mm -hmm. they were younger. We then talked briefly about how the sport has branched out geographically. Yeah, so in Canada, BC has the professional circuit throughout the summer, uh, and then the east part of the of Canada, so New Brunswick, 
Nova Scotia have, also have a very well-developed circuit. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of schools with, um, with longer sports teams that actually have competitions against each other, mm-hmm. which is what we're trying to develop in, on the West Coast. A tool is only as good as its user. What kind of skills and techniques does it take to pick up an axe or a hot chainsaw? Well, it's like all sports where it's like 50-50 split between skill and, uh, and power and endurance and stuff like that. So I guess there's really, like you can be really skillful when it comes to chopping a block and know the exact technique and then cut it really fast, or you can just be a massive human being and just pound your way through the block. Like, I guess it's just uh, you have to have a good middle ground between the two. To add to what Remy is saying, uh, there's, I find, for me personally, it was the first sport where I really had to work for it, for results. Like, you can't just jump on a block and chop it super well. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to chop 100 blocks before you get to that level where everyone else is on the circuit kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But also, it's because I'm more of a smaller framed person, like Remy said, the mass really helps and the velocity and bringing the power into the wood. But really, I think just persistence and training, just like any other sport, really is what amounts to being able to. And there are certain events where technique counts way more than power. Like in the chainsaw event, like you're not going to force the chainsaw to run faster just by having stronger biceps. It's just about the technique that you can lay down. So what kind of mental preparation goes into doing an event, um, like chopping a block for an example? It's a hundred percent a mental game, um, especially for uh, chopping, not so much because there's a lot of, it's a, like a repetitive motion, it's a lot of muscle memory, but for events like axe throw mm-hmm. and the stocksa, where you have one chance and like it stocks like a split second makes the difference between placing and not placing. And it's so relying on technique. And it's so relying on technique. So like going in, you have to be super relaxed and have a super empty mind. At least that's what I've noticed when I perform the best is when I just kind of go up as if it was another practice and then just go in and, and cut. And same for axe though, you're so focused on hitting bullseye but then if you think about hitting the bullseye, you're going to miss, you're going to psych yourself out. I, I actually go through a completely different process than that. I mean, I, I come from the sport of rowing, so I've just always thought about like, okay, it's all about mental. So what I'll do before a stock saw event is I'll just go through the motion over and over and over and over again. So that when I'm up at the block, I'm just like thinking about what I'm going to do. And uh, then when I'm throwing, well, I don't really throw, but when I do, I guess it's just focus on where your hands are going to be when you release the axe and hopefully you hit the bullseye. A new term comes up in this next section. A double buck is a two-person saw with one person at each end. Are any of the locker sports events done in teams where you have two or more people working on the same goal at the same time? Yeah, so the double buck is is the only team event uh, and that's where you have the saw and you attach two handles to it and then actually Merv right here is my partner um, and then you just try to cut through the wood 
together. So. Also on the on the Eastern schools, they have team events where every event, if you place in an event, you get a certain amount of points. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has a specific event they do on their team. And then at the end of the day, it's whichever team overall got the most points. Mm-hmm. So the most of the events, like Remy said, are individual, but they kind of group them all together to give it more of a team aspect. What do you have to do to be a good teammate or collaborator in this environment? You just got to do it a lot and talk to each other. I mean, a lot of Merv and I saw us will just end up with like, me yelling at her, her yelling at me, and then we just kind of talk through it, and we're like, okay, let's actually try it this time, and then we go through it, and then it's just repeated the process. It's actually taken us quite a while to like not not argue about something. Yeah, we we bicker a lot, but that's uh, that's like, probably why it's not ideal. But. Yeah. No, but we 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 uh, we've gotten better at it. We we have definitely had, but um, because it's such an individual event a lot of the times we'll have one person sawing but three people watching mm-hmm. like two people video videoing from different angles with one person providing feedback or mm-hmm. one person timing so mm-hmm. in that sense it kind of forces all of us to work together in a sense that makes a lot of sense because it's it's really hard to pick up on little little technical things that you're you're doing incorrectly unless someone is telling you and you get to see it But you can't cut wood with your hands, not directly. So next I wanted to find out more about the tools they use to hack and hew their way to glory. But through the the evolution of logging techniques, more events have come into logger sports, such as the stock saw, which is using the chainsaw the most efficiently as possible. And then there's a hot saw competition, where it's like a tricked out chainsaw, basically how many horsepower can you fit into a chainsaw did you say a hot saw hot saw yeah these things are huge like 70 pounds people will take engines from snowmobiles Mm -hmm. and basically attach a bar and a chain on it and call it a chainsaw that sounds really (laughs) impressive and i'm a little sorry i didn't get to see it when i visited no we 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 don't don't have one (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're basically buying a snowmobile to put a saw on it and then to take care and maintain it. <laughs> That's wrong. That's incredible, but I see the I see the logic in it. We often think of literacy as teaching reading and writing, but we wondered what it would mean to be literate with a saw. Definitely I can relate with chopping for sure because there's there's a way to hit the wood where it'll make a sound that you know you cut oh wood. God. Like, damn, I went Yeah. <laughs> it makes like a thunk rather than a ting almost. <laughs> Plus you can you can just see the axe travel through the wood so much more. And it just feels so much more effortless. Yeah, because the whole idea of chopping is that you're maximizing the weight of the axe. So when you're when it feels like you're not trying, usually you're cutting more wood. Mm. And it's a great feeling because then mm. you can, it's just very free and flowing. So if I follow you, um, the more accurately or correctly you're doing it, the less effortful it feels. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you don't have to use as much muscle. Mm. 
Yeah, and coming from a rowing background, I can completely understand everything because in rowing, like, it's just one little mess up can offset the whole entire boat and the rhythm of the uh, the race. And it's just kind of like the same thing in the uh, in the underhand chop or the single buck, like, you just mess up once and then kind of throws you all off. But um, all of the equipment is it's made for the sport nowadays so Mm -hmm. it's just like a good pair of skis yeah (laughs) that like once you find the sweet spot as they call it like your gear does most of the work Mm -hmm. but i still have yet to find that so (laughs) (laughs) it costs a lot of money to find that (laughs) like a good pair of skis how do you teach somebody one of these events just repetition and then watching them and then telling them what they're doing wrong or right. And just like any other learning, it takes time, it takes patience. I um, So having run the club for a couple of years now, I generally am the one who takes them, take wrangle up the new people. And mm-hmm. we try to, I try to break it down as much as I can. So for example, for chopping, a lot of the people who come have never picked up an ax. So usually I start them off by just splitting some firewood just to get comfortable mm-hmm. with the axe. And then once <laughs> they pass. <laughs> As in we have enough firewood stacked. As in they chopped all the wood. <laughs> um, I'll set up a block for them and I'll make them just to hit, get comfortable just hitting with the bigger axe and straight down the block. And then once they're comfortable with that, I'll move them to actually hitting the the drawn lines on the block and so that way when they get to actually hitting it they're a lot more confident because mm-hmm. a lot of the especially with axes hitting wood and chopping if you don't commit to it that's when the problems come that's right. when the axe kind of swings uncontrollably and oftentimes the most the scariest hit is the top hit because your toes are right there and then you see the axe go there and there's like this little bit sticking out mm-hmm. and it's just like two inches away from your toes. So that part can be exactly. a bit scary. So because it's scary, a lot of newcomers tend to hesitate, hesitate, but you really need to commit on those hits. Otherwise, that's when the axe scoops, is what we call it, which is when it literally just scoops out of the block, and that's when people usually get their toes dinged or whatsoever. How about giving feedback for correcting or optimizing how somebody is, is doing that? It's you say a little bit about that? Definitely the easiest way is to take a video and then show the person what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I said, a lot of the a lot of the time it's just slight adjustments. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have to visualize it. So if I think that I'm doing it well, and then the coach is like, no, you're not, I usually tend to <laughs> whatever man <laughs> but uh, when he shows it to me then I'm, I realize it's way more obvious than I think it is mm-hmm. it's a bigger problem than I think it is so I think uh, to validate feedback the best way is to show what is the essence of logger sports and how do these rich meanings transfer into other domains of life perseverance <laughs> just like well yeah like for me it took me a while to understand and I'm still trying to understand technique behind single buck. And I just sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I just want to let go of the saw and kind of walk away. But then 
I just think to myself, oh, there's only two more minutes of this. Let's just get it done. <laughs> it's going really badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, it also, it's a very individual sport, but it's still, for me anyways, it made me realize that you still need help to do it. Mm-hmm. So I can't do it by myself. And also for safety reasons, you shouldn't do it by yourself. But <laughs> <laughs> it kind of draws the idea that even you, you can only be so good, and then with help you can be even better. <laughs> One of our goals in multipodality is to examine how meanings are made collectively. So what does collaboration and community look like in logger sports? On Monday, I just showed up and I did two cookies and then I sat around the rest of practice so it can also be really mellow. That's right, we ate hot dogs. Yeah, we just ate hot dogs and sit around a campfire. So maybe community is a pretty good word. Yeah, it's like whatever you want to make it. (laughs) Oh boy. But we do spend a lot of time together as a team. Mm -hmm. So we've done road trips to competitions and so we're actually quite close. Is there, a, is there a season for competition in logger sports? So the, the college circuit runs throughout the school year, so September to the end of April. Um, and then the professional circuit runs from May to mid-September. You used a word a couple times, uh, cookies. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that we're talking about chocolate chip cookies here. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, cookie is just a bit of the log that you chop off. So it's just a round piece of wood that's usually pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Comes off of a, a single buck chop or a chainsaw cut. A sliced piece of wood. There you go, a sliced piece of <laughs> wood. A slice of wood. Yeah, yeah, a slice of wood. Thanks a lot for coming in today, guys. Thank you so no much. Problem. Once again, I'm Dimitri Detweiler, and this is Multipodality. You can find us on Twitter at Multipodality, or visit us at our website at multipodality.wordpress.com to find out more about us and see some of our other episodes. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, and please share this with someone you know who might also enjoy it. Multipodality is supported by the Department of Language and Literacy Education at the University of British Columbia. Our executive producer is Kay Hare. Our production coordinator is Nina Conrad. Our social media coordinator is Lisa Navarro. Our technical coordinator is Adam Sheard. And I'm your host, Dimitri Detweiler. Thank you for listening. Well, I it all started that I wanted to go to the pub with my friends. And <laughs> they said, no, we had, we're going to practice. We'll go after. And I was on the fence about going home. So they said, just come to practice and then we'll go. And I went and they convinced me to do a cut with the chainsaw. And then from then on, I was pretty addicted. So I kept going back because I was beating them. So I wanted to keep beating them. But it was not a hot chainsaw to be No, it was a regular chainsaw. Okay.